The presence of the Lord is faithful and steady and tender and personal, isn't it? They're going to serve you communion right now. And um, I think the Lord just wants to speak to you. So if uh, Chad and Jeremy and Bob and Joy would please serve communion, that would be marvelous. And as it comes to you, open your heart. I don't know if there are many things in the kingdom of God that are more intimate than taking communion. Because when we take communion in that moment, we are one. We are one with Jesus, and we are one with one another. When we hold the body in the blood, we are all in the same place the same place of need and the same place of lavish inheritance. We are in the same place before the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as we look to our left and in our right, we are in the same place together. There is nothing more intimate than holding the bread and the cup together. For in that moment, everything of this world passes away. And together, we know each other. You know me, and I know you. We have left all for Jesus. And in that moment, we know the depths of each other's journey. We know that the journey that we have taken in life have brought us to this moment. And though our journeys are different, every one of them is sacred. Every moment was holy because it's brought us to this place of oneness with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in a realm that we do not understand, in this moment, we are in oneness with our friends in Pakistan and Syria and Kenya and Thailand and North Korea. We are in oneness with the brothers and sisters of the early church. And we are in oneness with every believer from every nation that ever has been and ever shall be. This is a tangibility of our oneness that cannot be denied. And in this moment, we are all the same. We are lovers of the Christ, followers of the Christ. And our journeys have brought us to this body that was broken for us so that we could be one with him and one another. This is the body of Christ. And this is the blood of Christ. As we talked last month about communion, 
He said, please intentionally, affectionately remember me. This is the blood that brought us all back to life. Birthed us anew. Gave us new personalities, new hopes, new ways of thinking, new ways of living. This is the blood that opened up the door to eternity. That we could learn the mysteries of God, walk in them, embrace them, and be transformed by them. And never, ever have to say goodbye to another believer. This is the blood that will cause us to know one another for eternity of eternities. You will never say goodbye to someone in this room. For we are sealed to eternally be brothers and sisters together. There is more power in this blood than we have comprehended, but the revelations are continuing to unfold with every sip of the cup. Intentionally, affectionately, would you remember the Christ? Though we come to the communion table as one, Paul revealed to us over and over again that we are one body, but we are different members. And as he told the church in Corinth, your eye doesn't say to your foot, I don't need you. The head doesn't say, I don't need my thumb. We need every part of this physical body to move in wholeness. And we need every part of the body of Christ to move in wholeness. We don't need anyone to be like anyone else. We need you to reflect the holy, sacred, unique journey you have had with Christ. Because you can share his love with people in a way nobody else in this room can share it. I shared with uh, some of you one time in a home meeting that Jesus allowed me to be drawn up. And I had a vision and I saw the Father and he was looking over the world, and he was moved with love. And every time he was moved with a new way to show love, a spirit, a new baby was born. And that his love was so complex, so expansive, that every new baby was to release the love of the Father like it had never been released before. You see, no one can release it like you. That's why he really doesn't want us to be like each other. But he wants us to have a bond. And that bond is him. And that bond is that poverty of spirit of where we're utterly, totally dependent upon him. And that bond is that he says, above all things, pursue love. Most of you know the verse that says the love of Christ compels us. One of the meanings in the Greek of compel is that it takes the pieces and makes them whole. 
so that they're influenced only by the love of Christ. About a year ago, um, I met someone, and uh, this brother stirred my heart. And recently, I had asked him to speak to our Tuesday ministers group. And as I listened, I heard this beautiful, childlike, utter dependence upon the Holy Spirit. And I heard this pursuit of love. And in the minister's meeting, after someone speaks, people give feedback. And the only thing that I could say was, I heard the voice of my husband in this man. I heard the voice of Jesus in this man, and it resonated. This dependence upon the Spirit and pursuit of love sounded true. It, it was the voice of Jesus. Siraj, would you come? So I um, want to share Siraj with you. Siraj, um, I want you to stretch your hands toward him. I want you to love him well. Father, I bless my brother. I thank you for the man of love and honor that he is. I thank you for his utter dependence upon you. You have led for this intimate meeting tonight. And you have led to bring him to us. Let him be free. Let him to just be free in you. And oh, Holy Spirit, give us the power to receive the love of Jesus from him. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks, Susan. Every, every moment of being here with you guys, my heart has been so deeply touched just by all of you. Um, just moments walking here, you just know that Jesus is here with us. And um, I just want to thank Susan. I, um, she, she's just counseled me so deeply and so, so personally um, in just knowing the Father's heart and just being a friend of Jesus. And, and uh, before I went to Israel for about a month, she, she just uh, really just walked me through um, connecting with the heart of God every place I'd go. And she told me, you know, when you go to the Garden of Gethsemane, listen to what the trees are saying. And when you're going to the fields where David watched his sheep, you know, see the Holy Spirit hovering over that place. And, and I, I learned about the, the culture there and the, um, the, it felt like, like, uh, God the Father was God the Grandfather, almost. And um, I, the, the Holy Spirit encouraged me just to make a list. Um, on, they, they celebrate the Sabbath so deeply there, and um, you, just, you don't work, and you do what makes you happy, and you make someone else happy. And, and the Lord was like, what, what makes you happy, Siraj? And I said, I like sunsets. And he's like, that's good, keep going. And, I, and I'm making this list, and there's dogs, and there's the wind in my face, and there's skateboarding, and uh, Susan Watson. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, th these are the things that just make my heart happy. Um, 
And uh, when, when I was thinking about coming tonight, I really felt like the Lord just wanted me to speak on honor um, and, and the power that it's unlocked in my world, in my life, the things that I've seen it do, and, uh, and just invite us all together into that. And, and a lot of this, I'm, I'm probably speaking something that most of you already know, but um, we, we each, like you were saying, uh, can allow, just impart the heart of God to someone in a special way. Because, you know, when God loves us, it, he makes us feel like we're the only one in the whole world that he loves that much, you know? And, um, and that, that, to me, is the heart of the prophetic. That's what, that's what we're making people feel like. The one person standing in front of us is the most important person in the whole world. And um, uh, is there any water I can get? Um, oh, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Um, and, uh, and to me, just the crux of what ministry is, what, what Christian living is, what being a son is, is just giving away the heart of God whether it's to your church as a pastor, whether it's to your cashier at the grocery store. Um, I, I think that's just our privilege that we just get to, thank you so much, that we just get to give away the heart of God. Cool, that works. Um, and so there's things that I've seen uh, honor, unlock. And uh, uh, what time would you like me to give it back over? Okay, okay. Uh, I don't want to <laughs> ruin. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I really believe that honor unlocks the power of God. That honor, honor makes available to us something that's not available before we start to connect with the heart of God for some people. There's a, that woman, Sarah Sanders. Um, she recently stepped down from working the White House, and she, her job was just to communicate uh, the president's viewpoints on every, every which topic and things like that. And when someone says, Sarah, what do you think about this? And he said, well, the administration is saying this about that topic. What do you think about this person in politics? Well, our position on that is this. And, and I think that's just how we get to operate in the kingdom. Like, what do you think about this guy? Like, what about all that stuff? And, and oh, well, you know, I asked the father, his mind's already made up about them. And this is what he's saying. And, and I, I'm, I'm longing for the day that we all together can resolve only to believe what God is believing about people, only to know what he's knowing about people. And, um, and I think that, that, is, that is the heart of honor. Um, refusing to believe anything other than what he's saying. There was, um, there was a night I was in San Francisco. Uh, I was there for a, about a day and a half, and uh, in getting there, you know, seeing those people, your heart is just so deeply moved. And, uh, and so I go out onto the street, and I'm just speaking with people, sharing the gospel with people, and I'm praying for the sick, and I pray for maybe like three or four people, and not, not a one of them gets healed. And I'm like, Lord, Lord, Am I missing something here? And he's like, oh, Sarhad, you know I love this city. And I'm like, you do? And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he says, yes, I do. Just, just honor this city. Just honor this place. And, uh, and around that time, having that conversation with the Lord, I'm in this parking lot of uh, this grocery store. And so I just start picking up trash, just honoring the city of San Francisco. And, um, and he says, Sarhad, I just want you to love this place. 
And, uh, and so I'm picking up trash, and I walk inside this grocery store, and I'm walking through this aisle, and there's just one person there. And I say, hey, how you doing? And tears immediately just start to stream down his face, crying, crying. And I'm like, did I say something? You know, like, just saying hi. And, and he's like, he, he keeps saying that he's got he's to gotta drop this needle, that he's, uh, he's, he's on heroin, he's doing drugs. And I didn't say anything to him, but the Lord just convicted him. It, it was like when, when we honor something, uh, a place or a city or a people or a body, um, something becomes available to us that we didn't see before. And, uh, and so this guy is weeping and weeping, and I lead him to the Lord. He gives his life to Jesus, and he's radically set free from a heroin addiction. And uh, I walk out of the grocery store, and I see this guy on the, on the side of the road. I'm like, hey, how you doing? And he's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm all right. You know, my, he's sitting down. He's like, my feet are hurting me so bad. And, and I reach out to shake his hand. I'm like, hey, I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you, and, you know, he, he just wants to bless you. And he's like, what's that? And I'm like, Jesus? And he's like, no, in my feet. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, my feet, I have this foot fungus, and it's been hurting me, but when you shook my hand, it just stopped hurting. And he takes his shoe off, and he's like, it's gone. <laughs> and I'm like, I like that. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm just walking down the road. In, in just a few hours, there, there were five people praying for them. They, they gave their lives to the Lord that day. Um, and the Lord was like, Siraj, would you just look at the power of honor, of just, just resolving to love these people, love this city? Uh, Sean Bowles likes to say that you can't influence something that you don't know how to honor. You know, we, there's, there's so many people and people groups that we, we want to see change and we want to see the kingdom come in, but, but we, we just have to honor them. My friend Jeff and I, we just like to walk around his neighborhood and, and just see who's out there. And Jeff has taught me more about the heart of generosity than anyone I, I've ever met. He'll just speak with people like, hey, do you have any bills that I can pay for you? Like, yeah, I just haven't been able to pay my cell phone bill. It's like, here's, you know, here you go, and they'll pay it. I'm like, man, that's, that's, you're blowing my worldview here. And, and, and people are, are just like, something just, after he started doing that, after we started walking in radical generosity that way, something just opened up in that neighborhood. In the last two and a half weeks alone, we've led over 30 people to Jesus in that neighborhood, and, and we're, we're, they're all coming to this new believers group, and they're being discipled, and we're teaching them the kingdom, and, and one of them, his name is Armando, and uh, Armando, to me, is a person that illustrates something else that honor unlocks, and that's hope. Sean Bowles likes to say that the person that offers the most hope is the person that offers the most influence. And I find that so true. Two weeks ago, Armando was an atheist. He, he, wasn't, he just didn't believe in God. He was, he was sure of it. And uh, my dear friend Dave Knoll, um, some of you probably have heard that name before, uh, he, he was speaking with him at a, at a restaurant. He said, he's like, hey, you know, I saw you, and I just felt like I was supposed to tell you, and he starts prophesying over this guy. He says, I, I see you filling backpacks with school supplies and all these things, and, and you're feeding these people, and you're, the Lord wants to use you in business. And Armando is like, what's happening? He's like, and, and Dave's like, can I just pray for you just to feel his presence? And he puts his hand over Armando's, Ar Armando's shoulder, and he says, Holy Spirit, would you just touch him? Would you just show him how good he is? And, uh, and, 
he's having this encounter with just the peace of God. And Armando gives his life to Jesus. And, and it was, I believe it was because words of hope were spoken. And when words of hope are spoken, influence is imparted. And when you show someone this is the heart of God, he, he has a hope and a future for you. You can't think, but hey, I better jump on that train. <laughs> and so I've been meeting with Armando um, once a week, and, and he's like, man, I, I had no idea this whole time Jesus just loved me, and I didn't have to do anything. And I was like, yeah, you're, you're getting it way more than I did until just a few years ago. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I've just been super, um, super blessed by that. Um, and, and I'm, I'm probably not going to use my whole time here just because what I, what I have to say is just so short and simple. Um, but, but, um, something, something that, uh, that I believe this, this leads us into is just continually hosting the heart of God for people. Um, that, that's something that, that's like the crux of, uh, I like to say there's only really one thing I know how to preach and it's being compelled by love. And, and we're compelled by love because we're hearing what love is saying. We're hearing what, what he is saying about these people. And so I'll just sit down in a place and I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll watch people walk by. And, and the Lord will just say, like, look at this guy. Look at this guy. What, like, I, I love this guy. He's a good dad. He's a good husband. He loves his kids well. And, uh, and then another woman will walk by. And maybe he, I don't feel like he's saying anything. But I'll just wait until I, I feel like I'm feeling the heart of God for this woman. And someone else will walk by, and another, and another. And before you know it, it's your reflex that when you see people, you're already feeling and hearing and sensing and knowing what love is saying for people. And when you do this, you become so compelled by love. And, and I believe that the, the faith for the miraculous, the faith for, uh, for healing, all these things, the faith to speak and minister the heart of God for people is really just the presence and revelation of his love for them. Uh, in, that, in that place, in that place of knowing that honor, knowing his heart, believing his heart for people, the kingdom just seems to manifest. I saw this woman uh, sitting across this bus stop, across, a, across the street from me, uh, just this old woman, maybe in her, in her 70s or so, and she looked like any, any other old woman I may have seen. And, uh, or, she, yeah, she was just a, a, normal, it's a normal life scenario. <laughs> so I shouldn't say words like older, things like that. There's, it's all relative here, but. Um, I'm sorry. Um, and, and I see that lady, and the Lord's like, Saraj, do you see that woman over there? And I'm like, yeah, I see her. And he says, I love her. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'll bet that you do. Um, I hear that you love people. It's, yeah, it's what you do, I, apparently. And he's like, no, look at her. I'm, I'm so in love with this woman. I'm radically in love with this woman. And again, I say, Lord, I, I believe you. I know that you love everyone. I know that you know and care about people's hearts. He says, Rod, you're not looking. I want you to look at this woman. Because from the day that she was born, Every breath, every beat of her heart, I have burned with the fire that she would know me. <laughs> every, every day that she's been alive, my heart has desired her to know mine. I've created her for intimacy, and all she knows is religion. <sighs> and, and I saw her, and I just started walking over there. 
And I say, lady, listen, I got to tell you that Jesus loves you. And then she says, oh, I believe that. I know. I know. And I said, no, you don't get it. You don't get it. He's crazy about you. He's wild for you. He's reckless. Love, his love is reckless for you. And, uh, and she, again, just like me, she's like, I, I, I understand that. And, and uh, I said, Lord, would you just show her what I'll never have the words to show her? You know, because the kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but the power of God. So I'm like, Holy Spirit, would you just come and allow us both just to feel your delight over her? And so I'm like, Holy Spirit, come. Just at this bus stop. It's just the two of us, and Jeff is with me. And she's, she looks up at me. She says, do you feel that? Do you feel that? I wasn't feeling anything. She's like, it feels like the ground beneath me is shaking right now. And she said that she felt like something was like swirling around her. And, uh, and, and Jeff and I are just speaking the heart of God in her. And she tells us, you know, I, I was planning on taking my life this week. And, uh, and Jeff, Jeff gets this word for her and calls her like, some, uh, like a golden girl or golden gram or something. Maybe not golden gram, but something, something with the word golden in it. And uh, she's like, says like that's what my mom would always call me as a kid and that and she explained like that's like that's like the last time I felt loved you know um and so I I really believe that something is attached to us imparting these words of hope over people because when we speak these words of hope um I think that is just what the heart of God looks like for people and uh and um we, as, as we just walked through Jeff's neighborhood, person after person, house after house, uh, we would see these people just so hurting and broken. And uh, we have this, this little picture on our phone that we like to show people. And it's just this prophetic artwork of, of Jesus knocking on the door of this heart. And we'll show it to people and they'll just start weeping and crying. And, uh, and they're like, we haven't even explained it before, but there, it, it speaks and ministers so deeply to these people's hearts. And what I'm realizing is that so many people in this city, so many people in our nation, even around the world, are walking around ready to be reaped as a harvest right now. You know, the Bible says people only come to the Father after the Holy Spirit first draws them. But so many of us are already been, we've already been drawn. We just need to be given the invitation. Um, I want to I wanna share this story with you, and it's not something I've ever shared publicly. It's very new to me, but it was a very touching and, and sh- catalyzing moment in my life happened about a week ago. Uh, I, had, um, I had a dream where I was sharing the gospel, praying for these people, and, uh, and, and at first it wasn't too peculiar to me. Like Usually during a week, six out of seven nights of the week, I'll be preaching the gospel and praying for the sick in my dreams. Um, and it's just, I think it's just because, you know, you dream about the things you think about, and uh, I like doing that, uh, but I pray for these two people in the stream, and neither of them are healed, and I'm, I'm like, wow, that, I don't like that, you know, and it pans over to my friend Jeff that I was talking about, and he prays for two people, and neither of them are healed, and then my friend Matt, he prays for two people, and neither of them are healed, and, uh, and then I wake up, and it's about four in the morning, and, and it feels like the worst feeling I ever felt in my life. It was like, it, it felt like for that, that very short moment, the ho- it was like the Holy Spirit had departed from me. And, and I quickly say, Jesus, what's happening? You know, and there he is just right back. And, and, and I think he was just trying to get my attention because, you know, he never really leaves us. But um, he, he said, Siraj, you've been preaching the gospel as if it's a convenience store. 
but it's a lifeline, and you should preach it as such. And, and for far too long, I've been okay with, with uh, giving someone an encouraging word or, or praying for them to be healed and letting them walk away simply as a sign, well, you can take this just to know that Jesus loves you. And that's amazing. Like, I, I hear stories all the time of uh, my friend or other people telling somebody, hey, like, I just want to tell you Jesus loves you, and they walk away. You know, and that person, they'll go home and they'll be absolutely haunted by, you know, like, why does he love me? Who is Jesus? And, and these people will get saved and say, like, I had to know this Jesus that you said loved me. And the Holy Spirit will move on our words, but, but sometimes we just need to give the invitation. Um, in the last four weeks alone, um, four and a half weeks or so, we've seen about 80 people give their lives to Jesus just because we give the invitation. Just because we say, and, and how I like to share the gospel is like this. Um, I'll, say, um, I'll say, you know, imagine you had a backpack and it was full of all your sins, of every wrong thing that you've ever done. You know, and you'll ask, like, would it, would it be heavy? And people will always laugh, like, of course that would be heavy. That would be super heavy. And, uh, and you say, well, this backpack is, is our debt of sin to God. This is, this is what stands in the way, God just wants to swipe it out. Get, just get rid of it. He just wants relationship with you because he doesn't care about all that religion, you know? He just wants your heart. And, uh, and I say, imagine you owed the bank $10,000 and I wrote you a check for $10,000. What would happen to your debt? And people say, well, it would disappear. It would just be gone. And I say, well, that's what Jesus did for you on the cross. That's what he did for your whole backpack full of sin. He, he wrote you that check in his blood. And right now, he's knocking on the door of your heart, standing there, waiting to cash it in. And he asked them, if he was standing here right now, would you open the door of your heart? Would you let him in? And people say yes. And then you, I like to say, um, you know, you can't see the wind, but you can feel the wind. Um, can I, the same way, can I just pray with you that you would feel his presence? And, and time after time, you just pray with people. And you just lay your hand on them and you say, Lord, would you just touch them? Would you just give them a taste of your love? And, and and they'll tell you, like, oh, I felt this, I felt that, I felt warm, electricity, or heat, things like that, or I felt peace, and peace is always good, because you say, well, peace is a person, his name is Jesus, and if you let him in the door of your heart, he'll never leave you, it'll never run dry. I, uh, I recently was given this opportunity to uh, host a, uh, a television program that's streamed in the Middle East to, like, over 20 million people, it's incredible, and I'll interview people. Uh, and it's called New Creations, and I'll interview people who have been touched by the gospel and set free, and, uh, and I'll just ask them the funniest questions, like, and after you encountered this peace and joy, becoming born again, did it ever run out, you know, and we just laughed together, <laughs> and like, no, it, it never did, and, uh, and, and things like that, but um, I, uh, I, I'm really, really excited for, for what God is doing in this city, for what he's doing with his people, um, and, and I think the heart of it all is just that we would be compelled by love, that we would fixate ourselves on honor and believing and knowing God's heart for people and, and ministering that. Because when we stay in that place, love compels. Love, love radically compels. Um, I shared this study that I did on all the neuroscience and chemistry of what actually happens to your brain when you experience love for a person. You see, and it's not just romantic love. You see, like, the father is, uh, like, our relationship. He, like, we're sons and daughters, and we're brides, and we're friends. 
Um, and I believe his love for a person is really just an amalgamation of all of those things. And we get to experience different parts of it in different moments. And, and it's such a dynamic piece of us relating to him. Um, but but I, I believe that when we, when we situate ourselves in a place of honor, we get to minister out of that place to people. And when we experience that and feel and hear and sense what he's doing, what he's saying for people, love will completely draw us out of where we've been um, and, and, and put you in the unlikeliest of circumstances. I, uh, if you don't know me, I'm a, I'm a pretty, I'm, I'm a real introvert. Um, it's not easy for me just to walk up to a stranger and, and start sharing the gospel with them, praying for them, things like that. Um, but love says otherwise, because when we minister out of God's heart of love, you know, God's heart never feared rejection. God's heart never said, I love you. Are you going to say it back? You know, God's heart never needed someone to approve of us before we gave. You know, God's heart is the heart of generosity. It's, it's the model of honor, because when I sit with a person, when we, when we stand in front of people, when we meet with people, we, we communicate a message of honor. You're saying, you know, you're worthy of my attention, of my time. You honor them by that. It's, it's just another way of being generous towards that person. And in that place of generosity, I feel like that's one of the biggest attributes of God's heart, or at least to me, that's in my life this season. That's one of the biggest things that's being highlighted to me. And, um, and I just want to be generous with people. I just want to be radically generous with people. And I, think, I, f- I feel like the more I insert myself into, into places, into situations, um, the, more, the more I honor them in those places, the more the power of God is manifested. I, I do these outreaches with my school. I help lead them sometimes. And uh, in Minneapolis, where I go to school, there's this road where there's all these clubs and bars and things like that. And uh, one of them is called Gay 90s. And it's really just for people who are living that lifestyle and and uh you know i try to go and stand outside this fence and speak to people on the other side of the fence and just pray with them but they don't they would never listen to me um and so one time i went in there and uh and i just hey, i just wanted to tell you jesus loves you and people just weep weep on my shoulder people are like people are getting healed in this place and and the lord's like siraj you know you'll never see this happen on the other side of that fence and uh and and that was a, a moment that really struck me um and and so it really pushed me to move and to be generous with my time and and uh situate myself in this heart of honor for what god is saying about people no matter what um logic would tell you about them um before before i hand it back over i really just want to take just a minute for us uh just to just to sit and and move into a place of just sensing God's heart of delight over us, over what he's doing here, um, over you, over your heart. And I just want to say that he likes you, that he just likes to hang out with you, that he's so eager to meet with you, that he waits in eager anticipation. He's so excited to see you when you, when you meet with him. So yeah, Lord, we just, we just sit. And we just soak in your, your pleasure over us, your delight over us, Lord.
as we sit here, I just want to read a verse over you guys that you would just simply receive it. It's Second uh, Corinthians 5.14. Susan mentioned this in the Passion Translation. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means that all died with him so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him, the one who died for us and now lives again. So Lord, we just thank you for, for this gathering, God, just for your heart, for, for what this, this place, these people are accomplishing in the nations, God, in this community, and what you're doing in our hearts, Lord. And we, we say yes, and we agree with the way that you're ministering to us, God. And Lord, we, we pray that our hearts would be light and that we would be, uh, we would be in agreement, Lord. Every moment that you want to move and shift our hearts, God, that we would be quick and easy to be blown and swept away in the winds of your love for people, Jesus, that we would be ready to be compelled by love, that we would give an invitation, Lord, for those to know you. God, we thank you for your heart of delight for us, God. We agree with you, God. Thank you, Jesus.